what I'm about to say. Hey. I thought you were starting. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Shelby. And this is Courtney. And thanks for joining us today on All Things Macabre. Here on All Things Macabre, we discuss all the things under the topic of odd, weird, true crime, supernatural, and fiction. This podcast contains language and content that is not suitable for all listeners, so listener discretion is advised. If you find a topic we are discussing interesting, we encourage you to do some research on your own. You never know what you may learn. We are just a couple of old friends telling each other stories that we find interesting. And hoping that you'll enjoy and laugh along with us. Through some stories that are weird, true, or fictional that will just make you say, What the fuck? And now, for the fun part. Hey, Macabre Mob, it's Shelby. And Courtney. And thanks for joining us again for episode 21. 21. 21. I think I told you, I forgot what day it was, we're almost, yeah, seven months away. I had I was going to say six months, but I was like, wait, no, we're off. From a year. Seven months away from a year. Can you believe that? The opposite side of that is we're only five months in. <laughs> well, I mean, true, but still. We're like, almost at a halfway to a year. We're almost at a halfway, like, holy shit. So today, I decided to do... A more well-known person, but like Gilles de Ray, I thought it'd be a good one. We also had a request for this one, too, right? We did. We did. So, this is Elizabeth Bathory. Elizabeth. How much do you know about her? Do you know her? I do. Um, I don't know if I know a lot, but whenever I hear her name, I think of... Um, her is murder the correct word? Yeah, basically murdering younger women so she could bathe in their blood because she thought that their blood made her younger. That's the only thing that I really know. So, do you know about how, how many she killed or anything? Mm-mm. No. So, Elizabeth was born August 7th, 1560. So, that would make her a Leo. A Leo. So, therefore... She is confident, and I've heard that they are loyal. I'm not sure. I haven't really met any Leos, and they are ambitious. Tina says Leos aren't loyal. She's over there strongly disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, just about the look on her face, she's like, no. <laughs> well, do you even know what country she's from? I want to say Germany, but I feel like I'm wrong. Actually, that's... Actually, yeah, she does have some... German ties in it. It's it's actually Hungary. Hungary. It's over. It's, is it Hungary or is it Hungary? It's Hungary. Hungary. Like I'm hungry. Like it's spelled Hungary, but it's pronounced Hungary. Hungary. Okay. Although I feel like an idiot. <laughs> everyone calls them Hungarians and call it the Hungarian language. That is not what they're called. I cannot say it, so okay. I'm not even going to attempt. But they don't call themselves Hungarians. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. 
Yeah, she's uh, she's from Hungary. She was actually born in the Kingdom of Hungary on a family estate and spent her childhood in Etched Castle. Etched. Etched. That's E-C-S-E-D. I had to look a lot of this up. I, I actually went to school with this one guy who was from Hungary whenever I was in, like, seventh grade. But I didn't learn a whole lot about him. He was really cool, but I didn't learn a whole lot about the country or anything. And as I started researching this, I learned more and more that not only do I not know anything about the country mm-hmm. or the history, I don't know how to pronounce anything. <laughs> Everything I've tried to look up, it seems like everyone butchers it, so I'm just going to do my best. Okay. Bear with me. Her parents were Baron George VI Bathory and Baroness Anna Bathory. Her father was the brother of the highest ranking official in Transylvania at the time. Andrew Bathory was the voivode of Transylvania. What's, what's a voivode? Voivode is basically, like, the highest up under the king. Okay, so, like, his it's, assistant? It's not really, like, his right-hand man or anything, but okay. you kind of are. Okay. Her mother was the sister of a Hungarian noble, Stephen Bathory, who was the king of Poland and prince of Transylvania. So, okay. she's got some pretty high ties up in there. Transylvania makes me think of vampires. It does. Well, well I mean, then she bathes, bathes in blood, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of goes hand This in is actually, a lot of people argue, where Bram Stoker got the idea of Dracula was through her, her okay, story. I can I can see this. It was anyway. also said that it could be uh, Vlad the Impaler also okay. inspired it. It's pretty close to the same time. Uh, Vlad the Impaler was, like, right before Elizabeth Bathory. I'm not 100% sure on the dates. They may have crossed a little bit. As a child, she witnessed public executions, one of which she saw the belly of a live horse dissected. Oh, no! And a gypsy was pushed into it and sewn up inside. What? Yeah. No! This was a thing they did. No! And, you know, gypsies were, at the time, considered to be barely human. And in some places, it was possible for them to be shot on sight. Damn. So. Shoved inside a horse. Oh, God. Yeah, the horse was squirming in agony while the gypsy struggled. Uh, not listening. Hopelessly to escape. It was, it wasn't until the horse and the gypsy were both laying still before the onlooker started to walk away. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. I mean, that's some pretty gruesome shit to see as a kid. And, I mean, that was their entertainment back then. I was going to say, wasn't public executions, like, a thing that it it was was everybody went to? Yeah, because they didn't... That's also around the time that plays were a thing. Like, they would go watch plays, too. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) To preserve the purity of the noble line, which was also a thing then, she was inbred. Which, Mm -hmm. the Bathory line already had many examples of mental derangement, such as schizophrenia, sadomasochism, bisexuality, and being sadistic. That was how it was put in the book that I was reading. I I had to throw in that bisexuality was a mental illness. I was gonna say, wait, you just... uh, I was gonna catch... Yeah. Yeah. I caught that. (laughs) I don't agree with that, but... Neither do I. I had to throw it in there because it's becoming a current issue again. So, her family was actually divided between two familial lines between the 11th century and the 14th century, which was the Bathories of Etched 
and the batteries of Sonyo, I guess. I'm going <laughs> to hope that's it. Which her father and mother were respectively from. Okay. She had multiple seizures starting around the age of four or five that may have been caused by ep- ep- epilepsy. Epilepsy, yeah. And at the time, those symptoms were diagnosed as falling sickness. And some of the treatments included rubbing blood of a non-sufferer on the lips of someone who may be suffering an episode. It was kind of... To treat your epilepsy, let me just cut open this person that is... Obviously not suffering yeah. from seizures. And let me just put it on your lips and we'll see what happens to you. I mean, you. you gotta think. You might get the HIV or, or you know, something well, even they worse. Didn't, no, <laughs> they didn't even believe in germ theory back in the day. So, I mean, this, this is really nothing. And if it was due to an iron deficiency, adding blood would add iron. Which would make it better. So, I mean, it was a treatment that was used... Pretty regularly, actually. Damn. So, she became prone to seizures that brought on violent, uncontrollable rages, and she suffered from extreme mood swings, going from being cold and aloof, just distant, not wanting anything to do with anyone, to these outbursts of temper, just out of nowhere. Which would make sense for her to have violent seizures around that time of being four or five, her brain is developing. Like, these are core times, important times. And seizures affect the brain in general. But if you add that into the age that this happened, that would explain why she did what she did in terms of the violent behaviors and outbursts because it affected the If she's already got mental problems within her family line, you're inbreeding, which whenever inbreeding happens... The reason it's so bad, uh, other than being related to each other... And and, illegal. Yeah. It's because they receive one copy of the gene from each parent. And whenever the the genes are so close and more likely to carry the same copy of the same recessive genes, Mm -hmm. it increases the risk that they both pass on that copy of the gene to the offspring. Okay. So you have a much higher chance of the things that will fuck you up actually causing harm to you. Makes sense. Straight from birth, so you're fine. Yeah, you never really had a choice. That wasn't the only thing, though. It wasn't just her possibly having mental problems and causing brain development problems and all that. She was spoiled quite a bit as a child, too. Since even she was in such a high position with her family... She was considered too privileged to be disciplined by the governesses that took care of her. She grew up vain and preoccupied with her own beauty and treated stuff like public executions as a form of entertainment, which we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that that fits the callous, barbaric nature of the entire time and place, really. Yeah. She was raised as a Calvinist Protestant, and she learned Latin, German, Hungarian, and Greek. Nice. Nice. She was definitely endowed with wealth, education, and a prominent social rank. So, she gave birth, allegedly, to a child at the age of 13. Damn. Before her first marriage. That's a no-no. Yeah. It was said to have been that of a peasant boy. Even more of a no-no. And that child was supposedly given to a local woman who was trusted by the Bathory family. They gave him a bunch of money, said, don't ever let that baby come back here. So hush money. Yeah. 
So, she was engaged that year, 1573, to Count Ferenik Nadasti. Nadasti. I'm going to call him Ferenik, because I feel like that's closer. I'm laughing, both because of the way that his last name sounds. <laughs> it sounds like you're calling him Ferenik the Nasty. Well, I mean, <laughs> he kind of is. Uh, he, it was a political arrangement between them. And it combined the land ownership in both Transylvania and the Kingdom of Hungary, and it linked two major Protestant families. Okay. So no wonder why this was a whole, you, you know, arranged a marriage thing, because it was more or less a business deal. It, it really was. That's all it was. So his family gifted the castle of Chiti, or Chitais, I've also seen it. Chiti. It's uh, in present-day Slovakia. Okay. It was bought by Ferenik's mother in 1569 and was given to him, and he transferred it to Elizabeth during their nuptials, and that castle is actually the one that later became her prison. Holy shit. So when they That's married... marriage for you. Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> so when they married, Elizabeth kept the Bathory name. It was a more notable name and a more ancient lineage. So it kept her still at that high prestige status because her getting married just kind of gave her more wealth, if that makes sense, it, for what well, I'm interpreting. Even though he had land, she still pretty much outranked him. So yeah. Uh, it was actually said that she refused to take the name and argued that the Bathory's were actually a more important family. Oh. Yeah. She... She was strong-headed, all right? She was She's a Leo. That's what I already said. It's probably important to go ahead and note right here that both of these guys were into torture. It was kind of a thing of nobility at the time, though. You could beat your servants. You could even kill them. It wasn't illegal. Yeah. It was immoral as fuck, but it wasn't illegal. Fuck your morals, you know. Yeah. So it's said that he did participate in the cruelty with her. But he also may have restrained her impulses to keep her from going too far. Okay. At the time, it was said that she would, like, jam pins and needles under the fingernails of her servants. I knew you were going to say this. No, 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 no. Yeah, they would stick paper between their toes and light them on fire. And, like, they they would just have to squirm. Like, they they couldn't get the paper out or anything. That's exactly what I'm doing as you were saying no, God. She would tie them down and cover them with honey on a hot day outside. Bees. And just leave them out there to be attacked by ants and bees. Oh. And that was aside from beating them however she wanted. She always came up with creative-ass ways to torture people. Oh, my God. So, three years into their marriage, he had become chief commander of the Hungarian troops, leading them to war against the Ottomans while she managed business affairs and the estates. That included defending the estates, which were at constant threat of attack by the Ottomans because of its location. Okay. So, in 1585, her first daughter was born. Or was it her first? The world may never know. It's said that she had six known children. Wikipedia says eight on there. But there's also a possibility that they had another son, not confirmed. Or, I don't know. I mean, it could have been kids that died mm-hmm. in infancy. It could have been miscarriage. I don't know. Or stillborn. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But all of her kids were cared for by governesses, just like she was. Okay. So they basically had nannies. Yeah. So 
you know, she met her match with Farinic. Farinic, the, the nasty. The, yeah. <laughs> he was actually named the Black Knight of Hungary during the Long War. It was due to him being so ruthless and cruel. So he really is the nasty. He, he really is. That's it not was, the way I meant it. <laughs> no. It was said that he actually enjoyed playing catch with his enemies' heads. What? Yeah. So, yeah, he is nasty. I'm going to kind of throw Johnny's head that I just ripped off. What? He would send war treasures back to Elizabeth, and that just increased their wealth even more, to the point that when the Habsburgs were running low on money to fight back with the Ottomans, they and the Dragfi family and others would actually loan money to them so Hungary could continue to fight. Okay. So, during the time that her husband was away at war... That's when she it said that she had the opportunity to get even closer to her aunt, Clara Bathory. I'm sure you've heard about her, whether you realize it or not. Her parents were already dead at this time, and she was said to have had several affairs. You know, okay, well. That's one does. She was said sarcastic. to be pretty promiscuous, okay. and it was said that she did some things with Clara, okay. her aunt. Okay. And um, it was said that Clara was actually, it said that she killed her first husband, or had a lover kill her first husband. Okay. And then she smothered her second husband herself. Okay. She was known <laughs> to be a witch and a lesbian. And like I said, you know, as a possibility, it was said that they were lovers, Elizabeth and her aunt. Because incest was it, Well, accepted. incest was okay yeah. then, I, I guess. But, but lesbianism, or... yeah, you know, being a witch and a lesbian—that that's it right there. It was said that her aunt Clara not only encouraged the torture, but also taught Elizabeth new ways to torture and murder, and some of them were even with witchcraft or in the dark arts. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So in 1604. After her husband had been battling an unknown illness for a couple years that started in his legs, he died. Uh, they'd been married 29 years. Damn. Yeah. That's quite a long time. He entrusted his heirs and her to George Thurzo, which was a cousin of hers. I love how you said his heirs and her like she's property. Yeah, well, back in this day, you know how women are. Well, we technically still are, but you know, that's beside the point. So, we'll we'll talk about George Thurzo in a little bit. Okay. But this is whenever it said that Elizabeth really snapped when her husband died. Okay. She had already been torturing and killing poor servant girls, which was not only easy to get away with, because no one would really be able to question it. Yeah, because of their social status. Yeah, but it, like I said, also wasn't illegal for her to do. But, once she lost her husband... She lost her limit switch to what she could do. Oh, that's right, because he would usually kind of cut her off at a point, and so now she could just do whatever the fuck exactly. she wanted to. So, supposedly, the family kind of already knew about it, and they would just attempt to hide the truth and overlook it. Of course. This is when she started killing more notable young girls. These were girls that were sent from other families, noble families, to learn etiquette. So, they would send them there, and then all of a sudden they would die of a disease, or they would just never be seen again. Funny how that works. It is. So, she would torture these girls using the same methods as before, but she enjoyed discovering new ways as well. 
she would dump cold water on them and send them outside in the freezer and let them freeze or starve to death. Send them out in the freezer. And, well, I'm sorry, in the freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> to freeze. I was like, wait, what? To freeze, to freeze. She would stick them in cages with spikes like the Iron Maiden. You remember? Yep. And speaking, I gotta briefly interrupt you, but I think we should, or I mean, talk about torture. That that would be cool. We could techniques or whatever. I was trying to find the. the Let us know how y'all feel about torture stuff. Y'all want to hear some stuff like that? Because I, there's a lot we could talk about. Yes. Anyway, okay. Sorry. Go on. So not only would she stick the pins under their nails, she would sew their lips together. Huh. And she would stick the pins wherever the fuck she wanted. She would even bite the girls and, like, bite chunks out of the girls. No. No, that makes my fingers hurt. Yeah. So, where did the bloodbath shit come in? It was said that one day, one of her servants was brushing her hair, and I guess she brushed it too rough or pulled her hair, I don't really know. But she smacked her hand so hard with the brush that it drew blood. Damn. And whenever the blood dripped onto Elizabeth's hand, she felt like that skin in that area that it had touched looked more youthful. Okay. So since she was already obsessed with her beauty, she decided that, alright, well, if I bathe in the blood of young virgins, then I'll be able to look young. So oh, it's not uh, not only just young women in yeah, general, Well, they have to virgins. have pure, innocent blood. Let me go throw up. <laughs> So, it was said that the girls would be hung above a bathtub, and she would bathe in their blood. They would, like, just hang them above the bathtub, slit them open, slit the throat or whatever. Have you seen Hostel 2? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that scene? Yes, I was going to ask if that's what Just was... like that. Just... I am pre- they, it was, they had to have gotten that from Elizabeth Bathory. Ugh, okay. Or the legend. Not only was she bathing in their blood that was draining into the tubs, she would rape and mutilate their bodies. After post-mortem? No. No? No. It may have been post-mortem too, but no, she did a lot of it before she Mm. killed them. She may have actually eaten some of them when she would bite the chunks out of them. Like, she would bite their breast, cut their breast off, mutilate their lower region bite that like what it's never been confirmed she's a cannibal but this is one of the things that a lot of researchers and psychologists wonder how it was so sexually motivated i I was gonna say that i was trying to figure out there's something more invested into this for her to go to those parts and do that Especially to the extent that she's doing it. There is something to her that she takes personal or has a personal investment in. So in order for her to do that. I can I can see maybe her being a lesbian or bi mm-hmm. and being interested in that. But why would she mutilate it? Maybe because she was angry because she couldn't openly do that. It's possible. Due to the fact that... She's seen as property, because remember when when Mr. Nasty passed away, you know, she was passed along to, what's his name, George or something? George Thurso to watch over her. And she still, in society's eyes and within the, um, I'm blanking on what I'm looking for, I'm sorry, um, shit, like the kingdom or whatever, I can't think what I'm looking for, the royal, the noble. No, yes. And so, and like, if 
well, aspect my, of it. Another it was thing I had was she had a kid at 13, supposedly. Yeah. For that time, it's really not that young. It's really not True. sadly. True. But I'm wondering if she has some history in her childhood that caused her to be angry. Trauma? Some kind of trauma. Because she didn't have kids with her husband for like, I want to say like eight or ten years. Well, I'm still on the whole lesbian thing because, I mean, if you're genuinely just attracted to women, but you feel that you are obligated, you have no choice but to be with this man, you just have to do this out of survival. So I'm just going to just lay here and just let him do whatever the fuck he wants to, you know, because I have to. I mean, it's definitely some, some questions in there to why she would do that. But I've I've never heard anyone say anything about her being molested. You know, thinking about some of the cases in today, Mm -hmm. I could see something like that, too. Because hear me out. If she was molested, I personally feel that she would have went after males and mutilated their genitalia. I I would agree. I would agree. Unless she was putting that inward hate towards others. I personally feel like she took it out on the girls because she was mad at society and, you know, because she was at such a higher rank. And she still couldn't do what she wanted. And she couldn't do what she wanted and be who she wanted to be because of just what the norm was at the time. So, with so many of these noble girls missing, the King of Hungary, Matthias II, Matthias, ordered George Thurzo to investigate her in March 1610. So, by October, he collected 52 witness statements, and by the next year, it had risen to over 300. Damn. That included names of relatives that had died while in her castle, people seeing signs of torture on dead bodies, and whatever the fuck else you could imagine. Like, people hearing shit or whatever. So, the Bathory family stayed out of it. Of course. Thurzo told them... That he would ensure that she would not face death as long as they would stay out of it. Now, you gotta remember, her husband entrusted him. Yeah. He is also her cousin. Yes. So, he should have her interest in mind. You would think so. Her best interest. So, he's saying, you know, I'll make sure she don't get the death penalty. Just let me handle it. Okay. They were worried about losing property. Because it was at risk of being seized by the crown after a public scandal. So they were like, alright, do your thing. We'll stay out of it. Thurzo went to ask her about it on Christmas Eve of 1610, and she denied everything and claimed her innocence. Deny, deny, deny. A week later, December 31st, 1610, Thurzo stormed into her castle unannounced, and it was said that she was caught in the act. Oh. Although... She was actually having dinner. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that got what? thrown about. <laughs> but yeah, she was actually just having dinner. Here I am thinking about to spill the tea and she's just in all reality just having dinner. Over the years, it's gotten into she was torturing someone right there when he walked in. There was another girl dead somewhere. and The blood was so thick on the floors that you could scoop it up with your hand. It's been a couple hundred years. It's been a long time. So, it's been telephoned. Elizabeth was arrested, along with four accomplices. I'm just gonna do the best I can. Dorco, Ilona, Katerina, and Adorf, the only guy, was Janos, which he was also known as Ibis or Fisco. Fisco. I think... 
Fisco is the one he is most commonly known by. So the four accomplices. Fisco, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> the four accomplices were taken away, and Elizabeth was placed under house arrest. Like air quotations, house arrest. Yeah, she wasn't allowed to leave the castle. So most of the witnesses testified that they had heard of the accusations, but they had not seen it themselves. They just heard it. Yeah, and the four servants confessed after they were tortured. Although they confessed, it was a tortured confession, and they still only admitted to burying between 37 and 51 bodies. So in our reality, though, technically, what they confessed to may have not necessarily been the truth anyway, because they because were tortured. Because it was tortured, yes. A woman only known by the name of Susanna came forward, and from what I've heard, she was actually not able to read. But she claims to have found a list of over six, or about 650 names that Elizabeth had on it. It was never seen by anyone else. It was destroyed or some shit. But how but, does she know there were 650 if she couldn't read? I don't know. For one, you can't read. So even if you could read, how are you going to read 650 names off that quick? How are you going to count 650 yeah. that quick? Yeah. So I, I don't believe that. Because it was like one of those things, like quickly seen and gone. Uh. So I, I just don't know about that. They never allowed Elizabeth to testify in court. Really? She repeatedly asked for her case to be presented before the judges, even though it was risking a public scandal, and if she was found guilty, she could be executed and lose the property over to the Crown. But she still was like, no, I I want to do this. Like, put me on trial. So, January 25th, 1611, Thurza wrote a letter to the king, King Matthias, saying that they captured her and confined her to her castle, where she would remain for the rest of her life. She was said to be locked in a bricked-off room, but some sources say that she was able to move within the castle. She just couldn't leave the castle. So, I'm not really sure which it is, but either way... She just couldn't leave the castle. Yeah. She was on house arrest. Castle arrest. Castle arrest. Or room arrest, I'm not sure. (laughs) She was in some kind of solitary confinement, supposedly, which is now considered torturous. The four accomplices had their own trials where Dorco and Alona were actually declared to be witches and their fingers were torn off from their hands with red hot pinchers and then they were burned alive. No! Fitzko? If you're nasty. But anyway. (laughs) The dwarf. He was beheaded before being burned into ashes. Oh shit. Katerina? She was sentenced to life in prison, but that was because she had only cleaned up after the fact. She didn't actually participate in the torture and shit. The others were said to have helped lure the people in. Okay. To kidnap them off the street or whatever, and to help torture them. So regardless, since she cleaned up, she was an accomplice, so she had yeah. to get something. So they imprisoned her for life. So over three years later, almost four, August 20th, 1614... Elizabeth had complained to a guard one evening that her hands were cold. Okay. The only thing he said was, It's nothing, mistress. Just go lie down. She went to bed and never woke up. She was found the next morning and was buried in the Church of Chiti, November 25th, 1614. Damn. The villagers threw a fucking fit. They, they didn't want her body there. They couldn't believe that someone so evil was buried there. So they were like, Nah, you gotta move her. So... 
They ended up digging her up, and they moved her to her birth home in Etched, and buried her at the family crypt, unmarked, so no one could mess with it. They, at some point, I heard they had actually tried to dig her body up, and it was not there. Really? Yeah. So, it may be somewhere else in the land. What if it's really originally where they put it to the I don't with, know. I would like to know where to her body is. So, is this what really happened? I personally think that if she did kill people, it's because of she, you know, the lesbian theory is what I'm going with. But Not because she's a lesbian. Not because she is. Because she can't be because a lesbian. She can't, yeah. Yes. Yes. Let me make that clear. Yes. People not, need to be able to express who they are and how they feel. Yes. If it's not hurting anyone, let them do it. Yes. But the more that I'm listening to this, though, I'm thinking that maybe she did she did not do shit to begin with, and that people were just money hungry or wanting like the social status and the properties and all the other things. So just as with like such as witch hunts, you know, whenever that's how it all originated anyway, was word of mouth and just making accusatory statements to people. Maybe the same thing happened to her. And nobody was really there to defend her because everybody kind of kept it out of sight, out of mind. Nobody really was there to vouch for it. And the people that did confess were tortured into confessing anyway. So what if she didn't do shit at all? And like I said, it was just word of mouth of people being jealous, wanting her shit. So they made up a huge rumor to get her imprisoned. Well, that's pretty much where I'm thinking as well. I have no doubt that she was an awful person. Yeah, I'm not saying she's not an asshole. From letters that she had written to her husband and shit while he was on the battlefield, at least what I've been able to find, she seemed like a mother that cared about her kids, Mm -hmm. but she totally tortured servants. Totally. I mean, her husband was the Black Knight of Hungary, Mr. Nasty. (laughs) He was the Black Knight of Hungary. And he was known because of the things he had done on the battlefield. True. Which, I couldn't find a lot of detail on that. It just kept going back to Elizabeth every time I kept finding stuff on him. But he was ruthless on the battlefield. Like, not only playing catch with their heads and shit, he would cut off their arms while they were still alive. And disembowel them so they could watch themselves, you know. Like, he was ruthless. Damn! So, I'm sure that they put... Paper soaked in oil between the toes of servants and lit them on fire. I'm sure they beat people. It's what asshole nobles did back then. It was fucked up. Yeah. But it wasn't illegal. Yes. I really don't know much about the history of that area, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Come to find out during researching this, it's not that easy to learn about. Really? No. It's very confusing. I spent most of my time researching... <sighs> actually trying to read through books that were scanned onto the internet okay. not actually articles and stuff that are typed up i had to go find libraries that had books scanned in and read through the history just to find anything on this i ain't sure if i understand all of it but you give it a try I- i'm giving it a shot the bathory line was calvinist protestant right mm-hmm. at the time near her husband's death Hungary had been fighting attacks against the Ottoman Turks, and it had actually been split up into three territories. One at the bottom, at the south, was more Ottoman-like. We're just, we're not even going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the northwest and the northeast. Okay. So, in the northwest, it was the Holy Roman Empire, and in the northeast, it was more Calvinistic Protestant. 
So the Holy Roman Empire was Catholic. Okay, why did they split? During the war against the Ottomans, Hungary worked together to fight them off. The Habsburg monarchy was one of the most powerful at the time. The war drained them so much they ended up borrowing money, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the Dragfi family. Mm-hmm. The Dragfi family was one of the most rich in the land at the time, and they they gave a ton of money to them to continue fighting the battle. In the Battle of the Mohawks in 1526, the Turks actually defeated Hungary, and the Hungarian king, Louis II, died on the battlefield. Then the Turks are pushed back in Vienna, and Hungary debated on who to name king. Can I just say for a minute that the Battle of the Mohawks sounds such like a a heavy metal festival. It does. You know, like a Battle of the Bands with the Battle of the Mohawks. This this entire thing was so confusing to me. I don't know about you. Yes. But, okay. I mean, you saw where my mind went. I went to Battle of the Bands. So So I'm going to try to break this in. The Turks came in and defeated Hungary and killed the king. Yes. Well, the Hungarians fought back after their king was dead Mm -hmm. and pushed them back Mm -hmm. and took land back. For Narnia. (laughs) So, (laughs) now you've got the need of a new king to be crowned. Okay. In the Northeast, a bunch of nobles agreed to crown Ferdinand I of Habsburg. Where in the Northwest, the nobles rejected the Habsburgs and elected their own king, John Zapolia. So they said, fuck the Habsburgs, we're going to go with this other guy. Yes. Why? I'm assuming the Habsburgs are assholes. Well, yeah. (laughs) They're Catholic, whereas the others are Protestant. Okay. So... Going back in history, it doesn't matter what country you're looking at, religion causes issues every fucking time. Big facts. Do you know anything about the Habsburgs? You and I kind of gave us, had a brief talk about this yesterday, and I told you that I didn't know much about them at all. Okay. The Habsburg is known as the most inbred royal family. They're so inbred, their jawline was sticking out this like is the an dude underbite. That you me that picture yes, of. I'm okay. gonna put a picture of one of them up there, a couple of them or something. They were so inbred that was their downfall. That's what killed them. The jaw. I mean, it was a couple hundred years after this, but they were so damn inbred that their bodies would not allow them to reproduce any longer. That's crazy. Yeah. So. The Habsburg were the Holy Roman Empire. They were Catholic in their views, and the other side was Protestant. They're both Christian. Can't be that bad, right? Well, here's some of the main differences. Martin Luther, not King, not, not the black guy. <laughs> Martin Luther called out the Catholic Church around 1570s. Catholics claim that they started during the days that Jesus was alive. And they just continue their teachings throughout the time. Mm -hmm. So they are just a continuation from when Jesus was alive. But Luther and the others started noticing inconsistencies about the way the Bible was being taught and started viewing the Bible as what it was actually teaching, not what the Catholic Church was interpreting to teach. Okay. 
So, the Catholic have a Pope, which is considered an infallible representation that heads the church, where Protestants think that human beings can be infallible, and that only Jesus can be the head of the church. Okay. So, here's a couple more big differences between them. Maybe it'll help you see why they don't see eye to eye. During communion, you know what communion is. Mm -hmm. You got forced into it yourself. (laughs) So, in the Catholic Church, they view the wine and the bread as literally being the the blood blood and the body of Jesus. Protestants view it as a commemoration of Jesus' death, and they are just symbols of the blood and the body of Jesus. So, instead of seeing it as the actual, they see it as a commemoration. Yeah. Catholics pray to saints, the holy that have died, Yes, in addition to praying to Jesus. So, they have a bunch of people they can pray to. And I'm assuming the Protestants... The Protestants say that they don't have any kind of equivalent to saints. They just pray directly to God. That's what I was going to say. The Catholic Church says that it's not from sacred scripture alone that the Church draws her certainty about everything which has been revealed. But sacred tradition in its full purity, God's word, which was entrusted to his apostles. That is a direct quote from the Catholic Church. Mouthful. (laughs) Basically, that's saying that they have the authority to interpret the Bible and to keep the traditions that need to be kept. Okay. Whereas Protestants believe that each individual is able to interpret the Bible as they see it. Okay. You have the power to do it. You don't have to be told by someone else. Huge difference in in opinion. Very big difference. All right. Catholics believe that salvation can only be achieved by a lot of steps done through the church, through traditions, and it's a process. Where Protestants believe you you can just repent and be saved. Right on the spot. Right on the spot. In the Catholic Church, priests are ordained ministers that have the power to forgive and withhold forgiveness. So you can't really be forgiven unless the priest The priest has to go through those steps with you, and they are the ones who are to say you are forgiven. That's where Hail Mary's coming into play. That's what I was just about to ask. Okay. Protestants feel like anyone can be a priest. Yeah. You don't you don't have that power. You don't have the power to forgive or not forgive. That's that's not your job. Anyone can be a priest. Catholics believe that Mary was not only the mother of Jesus, but since she was conceived without sin, immaculate conception, that after she died she was actually taken up to heaven where she was exalted as the queen over all things. I actually didn't know that before researching this, and now I understand why Catholics have the whole Mary thing now. However, Protestants believe that she was only the mother of Jesus, and that she also sinned and needed salvation. So she's just another person. Big difference there, too. Huge difference. So, I can definitely see where the differences clash. Yeah. Big time. For sure. I never really understood it like that. I didn't either, but thank you for breaking that down, because that makes a lot of sense. That's only one of the interesting things. Another is the Dragfi family. I told you about the Dragfi. I've mentioned them a couple times now. Mm -hmm. It was one of the wealthiest in the time. 
And the Habsburgs needed money to continue to fight, and the drag fight lent them money. Mm-hmm. The Habsburg family had not been able to repay. Oh. Jaspar Dragfi of Beltek was the last member of the Dragfi family. That's a name fool. It uh, is. A name fool. That's a mouthful. <laughs> he died January 25th, 1545, while still married to Anna Bathory. Oh, shit. So, the last member of the Dragfi family married Elizabeth Bathory's mom. Oh, shit. That was her first husband. Habsburg was still in debt to Dragfi, so the debt actually transferred to Anna Bathory. So now, the crown owed Anna Bathory, Elizabeth's mother. Damn. Plot twist. Habsburg was still unable to pay the debt, which it was asked for. When Elizabeth inherited the debt that was owed, and the land that the Dragfi had... Well, remember she made her husband take her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She... She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. She... They had already inherited the drag five. Damn. So... Okay. okay. They're okay. rolling in money. Now we go to Stephen Bathory. That was Anna's brother. Her mom's brother. Her uncle, uh-huh. right? Yeah. When Zapoya came king of Hungary, when that split happened, mm-hmm. he made Stephen his voivode. Okay. The one right under him, basically? Yeah. So, he did actually become the King of Poland in 1576, as well as the Prince of Transylvania the same year, whenever Zapoya passed. Another thing is her cousin Thurzo. Okay. He grew up on the royal court of Matthias, who became the king. You remember Matthias? Mm-hmm. He's the one that sent Thurzo out. Yeah. Uh, it was actually his son, but Thurzo became the heir to Elizabeth after her husband died. But it was written in a letter and possibly delivered from the battlefield. So who's to say that Elizabeth's husband was actually the one to write that letter? True. I didn't think of that. It may not even be real. It may be something made up. And maybe he wrote it. I mean, it was, you know, cousin. Yeah. But I don't know. It sounds like a plot to get rid of their debt and seize the lands back that they wanted. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. She was an easy target with no one to protect her. Mm-hmm. Her husband was dead. Her parents were dead. Mm-hmm. And the witch hunt? That was a real thing during this time. Mm-hmm. The confessions? They were all hearsay. And her accomplices? We talked about it. They were forced confessions facing torture. Mm -hmm. They would torture them, get a confession, keep torturing them to get whatever they want. That still happens to this day. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of confessions get thrown out because of the way they're done. Although there are claims to have found bodies, there has actually never been any actual evidence presented. So it's all hearsay. No bodies were ever actually found. And, remember, they wouldn't even let her stand trial. To avoid her being put to death, the Bathory family allowed the Habsburg debt to be erased, as well as giving them the lands so Elizabeth could just be locked away for the rest of her life. What does that sound like to you? I mean, to me, it kind of sounds like the Bathory's just gave up. 
but they erased everything in order to keep Elizabeth alive, but it was still to me kind of like hush money or just like, here, just take this and shut the fuck up, leave us alone, and keep, but keep her alive, but still keep it her just, hidden from everybody. It just sounds to me like it was a an entire conspiracy that the Habsburgs had to conquer the land back and not have to owe money. If she wanted to stand trial so bad and she continued to claim her innocence, maybe she was innocent of what she was accused of. She probably tortured people, but no more than what the fucking law would allow, I guess. I mean... Yeah. It ain't right, but... I agree with you. I don't think that she did the whole, you know, let me bathe in blood of these virgin women, but I do think that she, you know, as you said, lit the... Was it paper between mm-hmm. their toes or whatever? Yeah, I believe she tortured people, yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bathing in blood you just mentioned? Mm-hmm. It didn't become a thing until a hundred years after her death. What? Yeah. It wasn't even said until a hundred years after her death. So, so it's just made up. That proves it right there, yeah. that it was all hearsay. Well, I don't know up. about all of it, but that right there that is for sure. Is. Bodies were never found in or around the castle. and. How did, how did she become this monster we've all heard of today? If there's no evidence, how did she become this? That's a good question. Well, everyone loves a good story. True. Especially whenever it makes you look even better. Remember, history is written by the victors. True. I was watching some shit on North Korea the other day. I've been really interested in it lately. And, you know, North Korea tells people that they beat the U.S. in World War Two or some shit. Really? Yeah, like, it's the only place in the world, pretty much, that you'll see that. They change their history books to say what they want. They teach what they want, just like America is teaching what they want. I was going to say, technically, America does the same thing. We're going to go off on a rant very soon about that. You know, maybe she was a cruel embarrassment to her family, but... If she was doing witchcraft and killed 650 people, would they not have burned her no matter what? I think so. Um, did they not behead Marie Antoinette? Yes. Well, funny. I did not know this until last night, but as researching, Marie Antoinette is actually part of the Habsburg family. Really? So, they can kill her, but they're gonna lock someone who killed 650 people away? No, no. No, no it it doesn't add up. She she really just seemed to be a strong woman, from what I've learned about her, taking control of the estates and everything. Which was also taboo at the time, too. Yes, and most people claim she had that sexual motivation and all that, but like I said, maybe she did like girls. And like we said, maybe it's different than today, or no different than today, actually. Mm-hmm. You can't express yourself in the ways you want. It's going to cause you to hate yourself. Or react. And to hate others. Yes. Yeah, you're going to respond in some way. You're going to It's going to be negative. Yeah. It's definitely going to be negative. And then, you know, maybe her and her husband had some kind of agreement. True. They had been married 29 years. They seemed to be happy together for the most part. They could, they, they could have had an agreement. Or she may have been... This, this may all be a lie. She may have never been gay in any way. Who knows? That's also very true. But... You know, whenever he died, they had no one to defend her. Like, people are scared, especially men. Men are scared of a strong-headed woman, a smart woman, a woman that don't need a man to take care of her. Facts. Her family 
didn't give a fuck at that point. They could take back this part of the Protestant land and turn it back into their Catholic empire that they have. And that's all that mattered at the time, anyway. And tell me something. If there were 650 bodies around that castle, even around that castle, would you not fucking smell that miles away? Yeah. Because yeah, I think it didn't even John Wayne Gacy's uh, people said that yeah, it, they could smell yeah. it. Yeah, and he had lime on them and, and buried them the and everything. You could, you could still smell it. Which they say that she buried them in these secret burials or whatever, but I call bullshit, either way, okay. that shit's going to stink. It's 650. Back in this time, that, I think they only took like two baths a week or some shit. They only washed their hair like twice a month. I mean, well, then again, well, I was going to say, then again, maybe they didn't smell it because everybody else you was stinking, still, but you could smell you the difference You would still of death. smell rotting death. That's ridiculous. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just another conspiracy to take down a strong woman back in the day. You know, they cleared Gilda Ray, right? Or they did that whole thing mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. I would love for them to search the area out there and mm-hmm. see if they found anything. Because, let me tell you something, if there was 650 bodies... To this day, you would find something. Yeah, you, you would see, find, like, skeletons or something. Something. So, I would like for them to go do a sonar over the land or something. Like, I want to know what's up, because I see stuff about her own bloodline to this day who claim she's this horrible person. hmm And I feel like they aren't even considering what could have been instead. I like the aspect that you took on this. Like, you gave her a different viewpoint, in my personal opinion, than what other people do. Because all the stories I've ever heard of her was that she was this evil lady who killed all these people and did all this thing. I never have heard it the way that you've done it. And I like this. not a lot of people agree with it. And I had to go through a lot of shit to get the information I did. A lot of it I had to figure out on my own just by doing my own history research, finding books, realizing that the Habsburg name matched Matthias, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, you should see the tabs on my phone right now. I've got about a hundred. <laughs> I believe it. I cannot really actually pronounce anything on any of the tabs. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really interesting, and also it ran me into the Istanbul Constantinople song. Yes. Because of the Turks. So I had that That's song in my head a lot. That's why you sent me that. You were recording. It was researching Istanbul, this. Constantinople. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, I was wondering why in I the hell were you texting me this? And okay. But it's nobody's fault but the Turks. Oh my God. But that's what I've got on Elizabeth Bathory or Elizabeth Bathory. It's, it's spelled differently. It's said differently. Everything's done. We have Americanized this shit so much. Yeah, true. So That makes it even worse. Yes. So, that's what I've got on Elizabeth Bathory. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. And I hope it makes you think. It definitely made me think. And like I said, I never have seen it or heard of it through this perspective. So... Now I'm really going to walk away from this and really start thinking, well, what if? Because I always have heard the classic pop culture, I guess, version and story of it. Not the aspect that you took. I feel like there should be a lesson in this story, so I'm going to make it a lesson. If you don't take anything else away from this story today, take away the fact that you should never form your opinions based on other people's opinions of people. That's very true. Get to know something because they may have a whole nother side of the story that could make a lot more sense 
than what you're being told. I agree. Is it true? I don't know. Is it not true? I don't know. I don't know shit. It's not our, you know, job to judge. We just know the story. That's that's the problem with people today. Everyone thinks they can judge. They think that, oh, Bathory's a horrible person. Anyone in the family line should still be shunned. There's people that are afraid to even tell that they are part of the Bathory line. No. Everyone's different. It's all about your own opinions. Mm -hmm. Your own things through life. Just leave people alone. Let them... If they are not hurting someone, which, granted, Elizabeth, I guess, was beating people, but... If you're not hurting someone, just leave them the fuck alone. And don't ever let someone else influence your opinions, unless it's them themselves. I agree. That's about all I got. I was going to say, I don't have nothing. I, you said it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Elizabeth Bathory. So, until next time. Bye. See ya. All research is done by Shelby Hudgens, Courtney Pylant, and Tina Collins. A special thanks to Tina Collins for managing us, and we are a lot to manage. All social media is linked in the description below. Be sure to follow us, and don't forget to leave a rating on wherever you get your podcast. If you have an interesting topic that you'd like to hear on our podcast, please email it to allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Did this episode make you say, What the fuck?